Uh, all right, baby, let's get the show on the road. What is cracking? What is going on? What is up? Hey, 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 Shabbat, it's Thursday. It is Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, it is. How are you doing? How are you doing, everybody? I'm Akira the Dawn. It's, uh, yeah, like I said, it's Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, it's a beautiful Thursday to be alive. We're here in Dawn Studios. Uh, we got a red tracksuit, the we being the royal we. And uh, that's a beautiful thing to have. And uh, this would be the third stream. There's three streams streaming right now. Right now. Yeah. Look, right now. Right now. Right now. Three streams. What, 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 a, what a wonderful thing. Three streams at once. And uh, if you hadn't noticed or you weren't aware of that, yeah, we got three streams right now. We have Source Wave Radio. Source Wave Radio, uh, the finest instrumental lo-fi stream on YouTube. And I've been doing a thing on Source Wave Radio called Meaning Wave Mondays. Meaning Wave Mondays, uh, where I play Meaning Wave all day. And people really enjoy it. And I thought, you know what? We should have Meaning Wave Radio. We should have Meaning Wave Radio, where we just play Meaning Wave all day. And guess what? Now we do. Now we do, ladies and gentlemen. So now, if you want, 24-7, by the way, 24-7. So if you want, at any point of the day, if you can't be bothered to, like, pull a record out or like put on a press play on a playlist or navigate to a video or a series of videos you can just go to meaning wave radio and just listen to meaning wave and it'll just be playing same with uh source wave you can just go to source wave and listen to um fine fine instrumental uh wave music yeah that's what's up so yeah i'm happy about this i think it's be i'm i'm excited it's it's kind of like if i try and think about things like if i was uh if i was not the wave lord and i was uh if i was a wave rider i mean i'm a wave rider but if i was a wave rider and not the wave lord and i wanted to be riding some waves like how would i want the world to be and that's how i'm trying to approach all this and i realized i would want meaning wave radio i would want it yes i would and guess what else uh we've started doing already thing i've been doing it two days and i've already started doing experimental experimental waves ladies and gentlemen if you happen to be listening to meaning wave radio yesterday at 11:45 a.m pst for two hours you would have been able to hear a uh, a fine fine experimental wave it was great it was was it paul stamus Paul Stamus, I believe it was. Uh, I'd been listening to a podcast on Tim Ferriss' show, and it was this wonderful podcast, and I was like, ooh, you know what? I'm going to play this on Meaning Wave Radio with a bunch of music, and I'm going to pull out music like trippy, trippy, folky, earthy music, the sort of music that I feel would fit the vibe of this conversation, and we're just going to have a live, one-off Meaning Wave experience, never to be repeated, never to be, uh, you know, done again in that fashion. And it was really cool. It was really cool. Uh, A.K. Homer, whose name I'm pretty sure I always mispronounce, is in there, says, Wave was cool as fuck. There you go, there you go. So we're going to be doing a bunch of these. A bunch. A bunch. Because uh, there's so many waves I would like to do, but there's only one me. And, uh, you know, we're working out ways to speed me up. But, yeah, you know, basically I just can't do as much as I would like to. And uh, one of the ways that waves begin is, like, me listening to certain kinds of music while listening to certain kinds of audio. So this live wave thing is kind of a way of you getting to enjoy that process also. Because sometimes magical things happen that never happen again. And won't even happen if I'm sat there, you know, editing, cutting up the audio and really working things out. It's like certain things only happen by accident. So, 
Yeah, it's going to be a bunch of that. We're going to do one today. There'll be one later this afternoon. I don't even know what it is yet. But if you're listening to Meaning Wave Radio this afternoon, you'll hear there'll be a, uh, a special live wave. Yeah. So there you go. What's up? Who's locked in? Where is everybody? How is everybody? What's going on? Swanson, Akira, who creates the illustrations for your vids? Which vids in particular? Some of the ones from early last year were illustrated by Phased, wonderful artist, Aldous Massey, but I do most of it, and I do pretty much all of it now. Uh, Noah Brown, what do you think of other DJs contributing to the Meaning Wave genre? I haven't heard anything yet. I haven't heard anything yet. I've heard a few like people have done a couple of little, little experimental things, which is cool. People send me stuff. I like it. Hey, here's the thing. You know, shit. Like, uh, uh, Meaning Wave Radio, we need more stuff. Uh, currently, it's only got like 150 songs, which is 150 songs that I made. So I guess we need more. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Live Wave, Magic Wave. What up, everybody? Who's locked in? Who's here? Where are you? Where is everybody? We need to know where you are for, for reasons. Reasons. Where are you? By the way, do me a favor. Share the stream if you could. Share it on your Facebooks and Twitters and, and, and wherever the hell you happen to be. Wherever you happen to be. Do that. That would be lovely. Uh, what up, Synapsio? What up, Peter D2S? Thursday is the hypest day of the week. I like that. I like that. What up, Noah Brown? When is Hitchens Wave coming? Soon, soon. I always say soon, but it's true, man. There's so much soon. So much soon. So much soon. Uh, Jocko album nearly done. Jocko album nearly done. What's this in the background? Some Jocko album. Jocko album, man. So much Jocko album. Oh, oh. Yeah, the Jocko album is obviously my best work because every time I do a new thing, it happens to be a bit better than the previous. Jocko album is magnificent, and you can expect the single next week. Discipline equals freedom. Equals freedom. Equals freedom. You might have heard some snippets of that on my story. Wherever you might happen to catch my story, that might be on Instagram or Patreon or YouTube. Yeah. And Facebook. And uh, the album will follow the week after, I believe. That's what's going on. That's what's going on. There's also an exciting new initiative of weekly content coming up. Uh, I'll let you know more about that next week when it's ready to go. Ready to go! Yeah. Uh, Shouts out to Republica. Hey, what up? What up, Swanson in Dublin? What up, Noah Brown in France? An American in France. What up, Mexican Jumping Bean in San Diego? Jack Farr on Lock in Ireland. Homer, aka in Brittany, with Les Gilets Jaunes. Jaunes, Jaunes. What, 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 what? Oh my gosh. Diverting Tales. My riders, don't forget to like the stream for it to be treated better by the algorithm. That's so true. Wave Riders assemble. Smash that like button. Smash that like button. Smash it. Smash it. What up, South Carolina, the orchestra? What up, Odin Tex, working in Texas? Yeah, yeah, we all here. We all together. New news in Culver City. Nick Kessinger is in St. Louis. So Peppers is in the ATO. Swanson's Dublin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Left Coast for DA. We up in here. And I am uh, on the 11th floor of a uh, historical building in downtown Los Angeles, looking out my window right now, watching all the people down on the floor. They look like ads from up here. Ads. Ads! Beautiful, beautiful ants. So it's time, brothers and sisters, it's time for the international high five. I might come around the side again. I'm going to come around the side. What up, Texas? Yo, we ready? We ready? Five, four, three, two, one. Aim for the elbow. Boom! Yeah! Hey, let's do another one. That felt good. All right, wait, right, assemble. Aim for the elbow. Let's go. Splash! Yes. Yes. Uh, 
Uh, all right, yo, pound your chest. Uh, yo, I've been tired as hell this week. It's been a, it's been a deep week, a week of, of wonders and, and not much sleep. It was Hercules' birthday on Monday, or was it Sunday? Sunday. One of them. It was dope. It was dope, man. And uh, yeah, it was Hercules' birthday. Oh, yeah, I said he was going to be on the stream this week, didn't I? Well, he's not. Sorry about that. He's not here. He's uh, otherwise engaged, being six. Being six. He's six. Hey, what up, Joey in Kansas City? God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Uh, what up, Eric Waters in Australia? What up, not John Fogarty in Texas? Yeah. 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 Jack Farr, ride and smash. <laughs> That's a good motto for life. Ride and smash. Ride and smash. I like it. Yeah. Anyway, Hercules is six. Six. I got a six-year-old. Hey, what up, Catbug? Tagging walls to your... Bro. Coffee, bub. Tagging walls to your music. Sick stuff. Proud of you. Hey, right, yeah, let me see some of that stuff. Send me... Uh, why don't you send me a video of you tagging walls to that wave music? I want to hear that shit. I want to see that shit. I want to, I want to see that. Yo, yo. Anyway, yeah. Hercules is six. I've got a six-year-old. Amazing. Amazing. And uh, it was his birthday. So I DJed Saturday night, then woke up three, three and a half hours later. And... Uh, he was so excited, my God. My God, he was excited. And we blew off a giant glitter cannon that I took from the club. Club glitter cannon. It's dope, right? This ain't no party pop. It is just a glitter cannon. Boom! There was, a, there was a video of it on my Instagram. It was cool. It was joyful. And yeah, then uh, we told him, he was like, what, we're like, what do you want to do for your birthday? He's so, he's so humble. He's like, you know, you just wanted to have some people over maybe or whatever. I said, yo, we're going to go to the studio. All right. Yes, well, we're going to go to the studio. There's a present for you there, and, it'll be, you know, I've got to do some work. And he's like, okay, Daddy. He's so nice. He's so beautiful. And uh, he was cool with that, man. And we're so, uh, well, we weren't really going there. We weren't really going there. We were doing something super special. We were going to Legoland. Legoland's in San Diego. That's a far, far, that's like three, four hours away or something. I can't remember exactly. Three hours? Anyway, so, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if Hercules just didn't twig or if he was playing along. I couldn't really tell. He's a smart kid. But, you know, we got on a train. We were going along by the ocean. He's like, look, I can see Jocko. Jocko's over there surfing. <laughs> anyway, we get start getting close to Legoland. There's all these, like, giant Lego guys. And Herc's like, huh. He's like, it's a long day to the studio. It's a long time to the studio today. Eh, but, you know, being good. He's like, look, it's a Lego guy. Oh, it's another Lego guy. Why is there Lego guys, Dad? And you see the little realization across his face. Are we going to Legoland? Is this Legoland? Ah! You're so excited. It's my dream. My dream. Yo, man, like, you ever, you ever want some joy in your life, make the dreams of a, of a five, six-year-old come true. That's just some pure, pure joy. Just crazy joy. Absolute crazy joy. So, yeah, that was a, that was a beautiful day. And uh, then, you know, got straight back at it. Back on it, back at it, back in the studio working on this Choco album, back out in the clubs DJing, throwing down, splash, splash, splash. I don't, you know, anyway, but um, you're so untied as hell. But uh, uh, that's what I was saying, it, doing this, boom, boom, just, fuck, just bang your chest, man. It, like, it gives you extra life, extra energies. Last night before I went out to DJ, I wasn't sure I could do it. I'd had like three hours of sleep or something. I was like, man, I was falling asleep on my feet. I didn't know if I could do it. But then I got there in the booth. And like I've said before, man, it's amazing. You've got their secret energy stashes. 
hidden deep within you for when you need them. And you can just pull those things out. And I pulled that thing out and I was super powered and I suddenly had all of, I was like fully powered. You know, like when, when a crackhead gets a crack rock and they just come alive, boom, pick up a car, some, something like that. Or when uh, a pregnant, when a, when a woman, when a woman sees a baby trapped under a car and she just can pick that car up, you know, and just throw it. It's like that, man. You've got secret superpowers like buried deep within you, and you can, if you can learn to access those things. Some people, you know, you only access them in times of extreme stress or danger, like, like the example of the woman who sees the baby under the car. Suddenly she can access that stash of superpowers and pick up that car. Boom! You know, when I get in the DJ booth, I can do it. Boom! It's uh, partly uh, quitting drinking was really good for this. I used to have this thing that, like... Um, like certain levels of, of crazy litness. I figured I could only access after a couple of shots. But then I quit drinking in October, was it October? And I basically forced myself to work out how to access those particular superpowers without the shortcuts of shots. And now I can just do it. Boom! I can switch on, switch on the litness and I can access the superpowers that allow me, allow me to control booty. Just like, boom, like that, right? I can see a booty over there. I'd be like, all right, I'm gonna now make this booty go crazy and you just do it boom as uh like the manager of the club was out was out watching me and i, I was like I watched me like create the dance floor you know i was like all right watch what i'm going to do is i'm going to focus on that person there and then that first person is going to domino into that person right and that'll domino into that person and i'm going to play a sequence of records within the space of like three four minutes that will turn this like vacant space into a throbbing orgy right watch boom and i did it boom because you can do that stuff once you work it out, man, once you work out like, the, the systems and uh, how to access your secret superpowers that usually can only be accessed via, uh, via kind of like excitement or trauma or, or something like that. That's one of the things to do in life. Everyone's got it, man. Everyone's got secret superpowers and everyone's got secret energy stashes. And uh, one of the useful things you can do is work out how to access that stuff on command at will, not just... Uh, not just because, you know, there's a baby under a car. Bang, bang, bang. What up, gang? What's going on in there in the chat? What's cracking? I've got to smash or get smashed, says Synapsian. Well, that's a good mantra. Let go or be dragged. Nice, nice. What are we, are we talking about, like, waves here? Yo, there's an incredible wave song on uh, the Jocko album about... It's like, I don't know if you all have noticed, you'll notice this. I'll, I'll let you in on a secret. Well, whatever. It's not even a secret. It's the thing that's happened. Every one of these albums I make, there'll be a song about waves on it. But it's like a completely different metaphor. The wave is a different metaphor. Like, there's a song called The Wave on JBP Genesis, and that's talking about the, uh, this technological revolution that's going on, about that as the wave, you know? And there's, uh, there's an, one on the Alan Watts album also, The Sound of the Waves. And there's one on the Jocko album, and it's like each one is a completely different uh, usage of the wave as a representation for something major in life. Damn, it's crazy. By the way, I'd like to take this opportunity to shout out Max B, Charlie Wingate, the, the wave father, like the wavy baby, the silver surfer. Uh, he's still in jail. He's just got, I, I don't think it's right that he's in jail. I, my, if it was up to me, he would, uh, I'd be like, you know, free Max B, called a man a taxi. He should get a Nobel Prize if he asked me. Anyway. That's, that's what I've got to say on that. So shouts out to Max B all day long. And uh, yeah, the wave, the wave, the wave is alive. Yo, uh, Eke Homer, can you pick up cars while DJing? If I need to. And if it helps, you know, if it's going to help the dance floor, 
I do whatever it takes to, to make that dance floor what it needs to be, you know. Whatever it takes, man, whatever it takes. Uh, the other day, I had to tell this, like, giant eight-foot massive guy to basically remove himself from the vicinity because <laughs> his energy was bad. He just had crappy energy, man. It's like, you've got to get out of here, dude. And, like, you got to get out of here, you know. Because he was messing up the vibe. His energy was just was reflecting badly into the dance floor. There was also a woman on Saturday. Saturday might have been my best performance ever. It was incredible. It was virtuoso. It was like full-blown conductor thing. It was really dope. It's really dope, man. When you've worked really hard and you've, you've amassed some skills and you get to the point where you can really execute them on command, like, it's a joyful, joyful feeling. There was this chick, though, and she had bad energy, and she was just kind of, like, standing. She's one of these chicks who's like, has this, like... Uh, sense of entitlement and felt she could just be like in the DJ booth and like demanding songs and if it was a song she didn't like she'd make a big show of being really pouty and like but I want my song no 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 in the end I had to tell her to just get the fuck out of there otherwise I would have her removed from the club by security I was like yo you can't be like here with this energy it's not look it's 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 reflecting badly on everyone else all right and she won't have it in the end I had to just get her to leave so uh yeah she had to be removed and the, the second she was gone, the place just exploded with joy. And like, it was like no one else in that room knew what happened at, at that moment. What happened was, was uh, the, the, the poison was removed, thus that the whole being might once again flourish. And like, so much in life is like that, man. So much in life is like that. Like, uh, a YouTube comment section is like that. A YouTube comment section is like that. Like, I would say out of every thousand comments, I get one that's, they're all really amazing. And I'll get one that's poisonous. And you know what? I delete that. I delete that poisonous one. Because guess what? Like, you have no right to be poisoning my beautiful community and like sowing seeds of, 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 of ugliness in this beautiful space. So I just delete that shit. I go boom, delete, move on. You have no right. Fuck that. And uh, maybe someone will be like, oh, what about freedom of speech, Akira? It's like, yeah, they're very free to go say that poisonous shit anywhere they want other than my comment section. Boom! Fuck out of here with that. Yes. Uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, diverting tales. Don, have you seen the Dawkins Q&A in which, in which confirms Peterson's claim about him by stating he doesn't know about Jungian archetypes? That and his talk with Brett Weinstein made him seem really old. Well, he is. Richard Dawkins is one of these people, I feel, who was, uh, had a very useful perspective at one point, but I don't feel it's particularly useful at this point in history. You know? That's so why in some ways I'm kind of, like, glad that... Uh, I don't think glad is the right word. But Christopher Hitchens was a very valuable voice at a very specific point in time. But unless he could have evolved his thinking and grown... Maybe he could have. It would, he would be, it would be tricky right now. I don't know. It's like basically that whole like materialist, uh, that, that turbo materialism questioning thing that those guys represented was very, was necessary at a point. But we're very beyond that right now. And things are moving very, very fast. And like, shit is a lot more nuanced than Richard Dawkins' worldview would have you believed. You know, there's a lot we don't know. Anyway, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. What up, Sir Peppers? 67K monthly listeners on Spotify. Getting to 30K subs on YouTube. That's us. That's this community. That's this. Yes. Wave Riders Assemble. Boom. Yeah, man. Spotify's, Spotify's killing it. Spotify's killing it. And uh, yeah, we nearly 30K over here. We got uh, 53 Wave Riders in the building right now. We got three live streams going on at once. Yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful time to be alive. It's truly, truly beautiful time to be alive. And uh, I'm just very grateful, man. I'm grateful and proud of this community. I'm proud of this community. Yes, I am. Anyway, what were we talking about today? By the way, like, drop, drop questions in the chat if you've got questions. I'll be keeping an eye on this thing. Dakota Taylor, do you have any favorite slash recommended literature? Read the Bible, Dakota Taylor. Read the Bible. And um, what else should you read? Literature, that's a good question. I haven't read a fictional work in a long time. I used to read a lot of Martin Amos. I used to read a lot of Hunter S. Thompson. I used to read, uh, oh, Isaac Asimov, the Foundation series. That's a good one. I read that last year. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Isaac Asimov's Foundation series. It's one of these things I talk, I've, t I've spoken quite a lot about how science fiction and Writers and artists bear a great responsibility because that which man imagines, man makes real. And much of our modern world is the consequence of dystopian science fiction being made real. All those Matrix Terminator type things, like all that stuff, got made real. Everything that was in Star Trek in the 60s pretty much exists by this point, whether it's the sliding doors or the communication device or whatever. So it's like we, uh, we have a, a responsibility as creators to, to, dream, to dream a better future than, than the one we've been, we've been pumping out for, for decades. For decades. Decades. Now, Isaac Asimov... He's one of these guys who just invented a lot of stuff that's being made real. And um, one of his ideas in Foundation was the idea of being able to predict thousands and thousands of years ahead. So being able to predict, like, if you do this and you do this and you do this, then, then you'll get this down the line. And we're getting to that point right now. And these social scientists have been, you know, working on some long-range long social sculpting, sculpting plans for a while now. And that's starting to become evident. And, you know, they, they talk about it quite openly. So, you know, it's up to us, it's up to us to create better futures. And uh, that, when I say create, I mean purely create, all right? Uh, I've been watching a lot of Star Trek Next Generation lately, and, and that idea of a future in which we fixed all of our problems and we're just out there amongst the, scar the stars just exploring, it's a beautiful, beautiful idea, and we see very little of it. There's uh, been an incredibly, an incredibly uh, displeased reaction to the latest Star Trek series, Star Trek Discovery, because it's got nothing to do with Discovery. It's, it's, uh, it's more like one of those nouveau Star Trek movies. It's like a big action thing, and it's lots of grim people in grim lighting, like having explosions and war and horror. And that's not what Star Trek was about. Star Trek was about us the idealized us that had fixed all of our, all the issues that we know about and we're out there exploring, you know? And uh, so we need more fiction. We need more fiction that's dreaming a better tomorrow. That's what we need. So if anyone's out there and they're a writer or an artist or something, I would say uh, we've got enough worst case scenario fiction. We've got enough dystopian 
misery. We've got enough, oh, if we do this, then here's what will happen. You know, Brave New World exists, 1984 exists. We know the, we've got many wonderful examples of what will go wrong if we let it. And it's starting to go wrong. And I think one of the, and it's like I always say, it's the best time to be alive in recorded human history, but it's the most dangerous because we could really fall right into the un, unescapable chasm of that 1984 future if we're not careful. All right, so we need, we need better dreams. We need better dreams, and uh, only we can dream them. If we're not going to dream them, then who will? All right, so only you can save mankind. I always say this, only you can save mankind, and I believe that, and I believe in you. All right, so get after it. Get after it. The orchestra in the chat says, TNG is so worth revisiting in 2019. If you haven't, people, I really, yeah, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. People, I hear a lot of people talk about like how Star Trek The Next Generation, TNG, didn't find its footing until the second or third season. But like, we've been watching the first season, and it's wonderful. It's wonderful. All right? So, uh, you know, I, I used to watch them spottily in uh, the 90s. And in the 90s, you didn't have Netflix. So if you didn't happen to be around your aunties who had a television, then you weren't seeing stuff, you know. So I'd never seen this thing in sequence before. So it's pretty exciting. Also, here's one thing that's pretty funny. Pretty funny. Uh, Star Trek shows are uh, known by their abbreviation, right? DS9, Deep Space Nine. Uh, TNG, The Next Generation. Uh, TOS, the original series. The, uh, the abbreviation um, acronym, whatever it is, of the new one, Star Trek Discovery, is STD. <laughs> I can't believe no one like, noticed that in the creation of that show, and that just goes to show how little the people creating that show really cared for uh, the existing Star Trek like, vibe, universe, mythos, fan base, whatever. It really does. <laughs> STD. Yo, uh, not John Foggins. He says, the Orville is great with Seth MacFarlane. I hear that a lot of people say the Orville is great. I haven't seen it. I watched a trailer... And my only concern, and it was echoed by um, Red Letter Media in something I saw they'd done, um, it's like rehashing Star Trek, but with fart jokes. Is, is that adding anything useful to the world, or could, could we just rewatch TNG? Is it adding anything new or anything, anything that doesn't already exist that's good? That's my question to you. That's my question to you. Oh, hey, so, uh, yeah. I was going to talk this week about, about some stuff. And I was going to talk a little about uh, the best decisions I ever made. Because someone was asking me about this on Twitter, I think it was. Kira the Dome, what are the best decisions you ever made? I made a lot of, you know, I made a lot of good decisions in life. And here's the thing, everything's decisions, right? Right now, I just decided whether or not to answer a question in the chat. And I decided not to answer it because I'd started talking about something else and I didn't want to disrupt my flow. In another multiverse, another instance of, if we think about the uh, multiverse theory that there's infinite universes in which every decision is played out, shall we say, in one multiverse, I just answered that question. I'm not saying these words now, I'm saying some other ones. I went off on a tangent. That new reality was created. So it, everything in life is decisions, and the decisions you make are incredibly important. That's all it is. It's just a sequence of decisions. Life is one big choose-your-adventure, you know? And, uh, you know, you're playing Red Dead. Sometimes you have a choice whether to allow Arthur Morgan to save someone or let them fall off a cliff. 
And then you're like, man, what would happen in this story if I hadn't done that? And you just don't know. You have to replay the story if you want to find out, but you don't know. You know, and I made a lot of decisions in life. When I, I get asked that question, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, in 2003, I took my television set and I threw it from the window of my first story apartment and watched it shatter on the ground below. And uh, that was a wonderful, wonderful decision. And I've never bought a television ever since. I never bought a television again. Never, never, never. And that's made my life. I sometimes wonder what Akira the Don, who has a TV, looks like. He's probably a lot more angry. I used to be a very angry young man. I'd, I was awash with righteous anger. And I'd read a lot of Hunter S. Thompson. And I felt that was a good character trait to be pissed off about the swine all the time. You know, so I'd watch news and I'd be like, rub, 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 these evil swine, and I'd get really angry. And then one day I was like, you know what, I don't need this in my life. What if I remove this from my life? Because, you know, it's obviously TV is programming and they're programming you. And even if you think you're super smart, oh, I'm super smart. I'm above the programming. I am way above the programming. They can't program me. I know, what the, I know the game. I know the jig. You're still reacting to them. If you're letting that stuff into your life, you're reacting to it. So, like, they're still programming you. Whether you, whether you, ha doesn't matter how woke you are. Doesn't matter how red pilled you are. Doesn't matter how smart you are. You know, it's still coming into your life. Scott Adams says he doesn't listen to music because he knows how powerful music is. And like I was talking about earlier with DJing, music is so powerful, man. When I'm DJing, I can make people, I can make people do pretty much anything. Within, yeah, I can make people fight. I can make people start grinding up against each other. I can make people have babies. I can confuse people. I can make people sad. I can make people upset. I got some people so upset a few weeks ago that one woman threw a shoe at me. It was kind of an experiment. You can literally do that, right? So if, you, if one person with uh, some records can do that, what can a giant corporation with access to uh, the televisions of a nation do to a nation? You know, I sometimes think that the uh, that we're at this situation that we are as we are that we still have freedom that there's still that we still have this wonderful potential that we're not this completely enslaved moron race is testament to their ineptitude rather than anything else because like mother damn me knowing what I know about DJing if I had access to that those systems and that network geez where's the stuff I could have people doing. But anyway, yeah, so throwing that TV out that window, man, that was one of the best decisions I ever made. And uh, I got a projector, and I just downloaded episodes of South Park and, and movies, you know, good movies. And as time went on, I just watched less and less and less and less. And these days, I mean, these days, pretty much, what do we watch? TNG. And I play Red Dead for like 40 minutes when I come home from DJing. I shoot some birds, you know? It's a beautiful thing. And... Um, that was in 2003. And in 2003, there wasn't the internet as we know it, and there wasn't social media as we know it. And, and what happened over the years is they turned the internet into TV. Even worse, in some ways, than TV. Last year, I realized that Twitter and its trending topics system had actually become worse than television was in the 90s and the 2000s. 
It was really, it become this really terrifying system of emotional control of people, and they'd run. Mo Twitter moments is a particularly insidious and and, and uh, ultra violent mode of control. They run this thing, and they say this thing happened, and people are thinking this about it, and people will look at that and be like, oh yeah, that thing did happen. I I'm thinking that about it, and then they create like shit storms of frenzies, and they do it every day. It's really evil, but there's a really simple way of avoiding it. I mean, one, you could just not look at Twitter. Um, two, you can change your, uh, the origin. You can change your country in Twitter's settings and just say you live in a place where you don't understand the language. And that's what I did. And that's another one of the best decisions I ever made was setting my Twitter to Tokyo. So my trending topics are just, is just Japanese and I don't understand it. And it's the occasional sort of like emoji like smiley face emoji or something. And honestly, the impact of that on my life is, is almost incalculable. It's like, because every time I logged on Twitter, I'd see the trending topics and something in it would wind me up. And even though I really tried to train myself to not touch it, and I'd tweet like every week, do not touch the trending topics, that stuff will give your mind eight. I'd still occasionally do it. Or just looking at it would take my mind into a spiral and then I'd look at the stream of morons, having that moron conversations, communicating in that gif of Drake standing up and cheering or whatever it is, which, by the way, is the lowest form of communication. That, that gif of Drake standing up and cheering or the black woman with the wig shaking her head and rolling her eyes, those are the lowest forms of communication. You all should be ashamed. But anyway, man, I changed, I changed my uh, country of origin to uh, Japan and my life is so much better. So much better. So much better. I'm so happier. I feel so much lighter. Like, you know. So yeah, that was a good decision, man. That was a good decision I made. Uh, another one was, uh, was quitting the news, which is kind of similar to those things. It's kind of in that world of things. But quitting the news really, really, again, made my life so much better. Uh, I like and I think about this quite a lot. But basically, I feel that... Um, Intense daily news consumption. It's like if you've ever seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off, there's a scene where they go to a, a museum or an art gallery and uh, the really anxious, wound up character, Cameron, who's just having a real bad time. His dad's a psychopath. He's got loads of issues, you know. And uh, he's just staring at this painting. And he's staring at it so close, so close, so close that it's not a painting anymore. It's just blobs. It's just... Just, and it's just this horrifying mess. And he has no context anymore. And he kind of flips out. And that's, that's basically reading the news all day, like every day intensely or watching the news. That's what that is. That's what that is. And you don't, you don't have context, you're just in it. And it becomes this ugly, awful blur and it sends people crazy. And you wish it all day, every, like, like the, you know, this 24 hour news thing that then became 24 hour, like 20 every second. Twitter stuff. You can see this having a real bad, bad impact on people's health, people's mental health, people's. And also, but like the main thing is co context. So it's like, pick up a newspaper from a year ago or do a search, Google search for what was news a year ago and just have a look at a day's news and see how much of that is important right now. And how, how much, like not knowing that, how did that affect your life in any positive or, or negative way? You know, once you're out of the news world, you do start, you'll soon see that it's, it's better out here. It's better out here. You know, the news, the so-called news, that's a bunch of things, that a bunch of, that's some topics that people have chosen for you to be, for you to talk about that day. 
for everyone to talk around the water coolers with. It's like it's someone else's thing. It's like uh, Naval says that email is somebody else's calendar. It's like you accepting someone else's calendar. Because if, you, if you're one of these people who kind of has email like news, you sit there like, oh, here's an email. I better read this email. Oh, this person says this. I better react to this. Da 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 da. Like news is like that. It's like someone else telling telling you how to feel about the world or how to feel about your life or whatever the fuck it is. So yeah, quitting news was one of the best decisions I ever made, Bubba. How about you? What did, what was the best decision you ever made? Oh, Mr. Gams Brad says, well, we're talking about John Hughes, Secure the Dawn. One of my favorites of your early mixtapes was ATD17. Thanks, man. You, ATD17 was a bit like an early meaning wave. John Hughes died and. Um, and uh, so I stayed up for 24 hours and made a mixtape and just like listened to all. I love John Hughes. I love his work, uh, his soundtrack work, his character work, everything. So I just stayed up and made a mixtape of uh, you know using bits of his of the music he'd chosen for his films, and I released it within 24 hours. I did the whole thing. It was great. Yeah. Thanks for still being here, by the way. It's really beautiful when you find people who've been here a long time and still are. Yeah. Mr. Gams Brad says news is a long censored snuff film. True story, man. True story. Iron Firehose said I turned off my Twitter for notifications in the lead up to so-called cannabis legalization. It was driving me crazy. Yeah, man. Feel you. Uh, Big Drum Bear says I'm going to try that Twitter home country idea. Maybe I'll switch it to Israel. Yeah, there you go. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. AK Homer says never been on Twitter. Good for you. The same applies to everything, by the way. All of these channels, all of these internet ghettos that have become like mini television experiences, mini immersion camps, mini this is how you feel brainwashing situations. You can apply this logic to all of them and it will help you. Vadim's Metlov says, guys, I suggest you all experiment with the video blocker add-on for Google Chrome, which allows to block video content on YouTube that you didn't want to see, a very powerful tool. That sounds great because, you know, I spend a lot of time on YouTube saying, no, YouTube, stop showing me Stephen Colbert, but it still does. So that's it. I'm going to try that. Video blocker add-on for Google Chrome. Let's all try that. Nice. 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 Whoop, whoop, whoop. Uh, Dakota Taylor says, one of my best decisions was claiming my responsibilities. Yeah, man, that was one of mine, too. One of my best decisions, I mean, it was more of a sort of a, a process of learning than a decision, was rejecting uh, the victim narrative and rejecting the sort of socialist thing and, uh, and uh, assuming extreme responsibility. Actually, assuming extreme personal responsibility was a decision. It was a thing I said, all right, do you know what? I'm really going to go in on this. I'm going to go all in and I'm going to assume extreme personal responsibility. And anything that happens to me is my fault. And anything and uh, anything that happens around me is my fault, and therefore I'm gonna. And that really was one of the best decisions I ever made. I really, really radically improved my life. The quality of my life uh, is really, really wonderful thing. When you let go, like that whole victim thing, we know about this. We've talked about this, but it's a brutal. It's an evil thing to do to a person to convince them that they are not in control of their life, that they are a victim of. Uh, of their surroundings, that they are a victim of the plans and schemes and machinations of others. Even if, uh, and this, you know, this applies on every political side of the political spectrum. There's people who think that there's an evil, that evil white people are controlling it, or, or uh, you know, dictating their lives. There's people who think evil eye in the sky. 
Illuminati people are controlling their lives, this, that, and the other. Even if all that were true, you still have fucking personal responsibility about how you, what you do about all that and what you do in everything. Like, you know, you're not an apple bobbing around in a car, motherfucker. Um, and even if, whatever, anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, assuming extreme personal responsibility is truly liberating. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And it really made my life way, way better. But that, that's like the subject of a whole podcast. Uh, another great decision I made was getting married. That was a really, really smart decision, getting married. Getting married was a smart, smart decision. Now, why was it a smart decision? Well, uh, I'd found the perfect person for me. That's not why, though. Like, the smart decision is like going, do you know what? I'm going to go all in. That's what it is. It's going all in. Going all in. And going all in is a smart decision to make, whether that's to do with your, your chosen profession, uh, fitness, how you're going to approach the world, being nice to old ladies, whatever it is, going all in on a thing. That's smart, man. Why fuck around? Why fuck around? Don't fuck around. Go all in. Go all in or go home. You know, and uh, going all in on your relationship is a smart thing to do. Getting married is a smart thing to do. It was the best decision I ever made. It was up there with the best decisions I ever made. Was it as good a decision as throwing the TV out the window? And it just gets better and better all the time. But only because I'm staying, you know, I'm, I, I committed to being married. And some people get married and they don't commit to being married in their mind. I, I have a friend, he got married, but he didn't, he didn't commit to it in his mind. And lo and behold, they're getting divorced a few years later. So he never really got married in his mind. You can say you're getting married, but it's as much... That's why some people who are like, oh, I don't believe in marriage, I, I, I commit in mentally. If you're a strong person, you can commit mentally outside of it, and you're like, I don't believe in the government, a piece of paper, da-da-da-da-da. If you, if you have the mental fortitude to commit to a person forever, and you can do that without a piece of paper, good for you. I'm sure I could. But uh, I, I like... Uh, tradition and ritual. Actually, I, I think the traditions and rituals we have in our society have value. And uh, marriage is one of these things that I think has great value and uh, committing, choosing, choosing willfully to commit to another human and choosing to build a life together and choosing to go all in with that person uh, to create a life and then to create a family and thus create a dynasty and to go boldly forward into space as a dynasty is, a, is an incredible thing, a wonderful thing, and it's a thing that... Uh, uh, is being deprived. People are being deprived of that because people are being sold a lie. And that's why you're seeing like a lot of like miserable late 30s, 40s people who, who missed out on it and, and uh, they got cats. Shouts out, not, you know, dissing people with cats. But you know what I mean? It's like you're, you're stealing from people something that's rightfully theirs, that was something that we built up in our society of a the course of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years and this last couple of generations that's suddenly just been, there's various things that have just been yanked out, just, just amputated. And uh, generations have been deprived of these things that were the right of everybody before that. It's, it's fucking crazy. But yeah, getting married was one of the, it was like an, a very smart decision. Shouts out to me, seven years ago was it, who decided that. Uh, I proposed to my wife in Paris, yeah. The day after Valentine's Day, well, we, I, I took her out there as a surprise for Valentine's Day. Like, woke her up in the morning, yo, get your ass out of bed. We're getting on the train. We're going to Paris. What, what, what? 
And then uh, Valentine's Day came and went, and she, she was thinking, oh, is he going to propose? Mm, I guess not. Valentine's Day is gone. Then I proposed. Then I proposed. That's when I struck Element Surprise in a, in a lesbian bar. I didn't know it was a lesbian bar. I only realized it was a lesbian bar when I proposed, and then I looked around, and everyone looked like Justin Bieber. But anyway, that was a smart decision. And then, you know, linked to that, the other smart decision was, uh, was having a family, having a son, having Hercules. That wasn't really a decision. It was an accident. <laughs> we didn't, he wasn't, it wasn't like we were like, right, now we're going to have a child. It was like, oh, we're having a child. Yes, we are. Nice. Nice. But doing that and going all in on it, that was a great decision. What a great decision. Fantastic decision. Yeah. Hey, Liberty Snake Bear. Has Akira the Don, I love being married, but if my marriage certificate was lost, it wouldn't change anything. My marriage is on a higher level than the state. Exactly! Exactly, exactly, baby. I, I feel you. Uh, I'm proud of you. I believe that. That's dope. But uh, I still think that, that some of our traditions are wonderful and glorious, and the actual marriage ceremony is a wonderful thing, bringing your families together, saying, saying these things in front of everybody, dancing, you know, uh, it's a great thing. We, uh, we, got, we got engaged in February, and then we got married in July. You know, it was a pretty quick turnaround. It was dope. We didn't have much money. Uh, so, you know, we got everyone to help, like, we got everyone to bring some booze, and everyone bought a bit of food, and then at the end of it, everyone cleaned up. It was like, all right, so, like, midnight, whatever, it's like, right, it's over, and everyone helped clean up. You know, everyone got a broom, everyone was drunk, sweeping the floor. It was cool, man. It was cool, and I'm really glad we did it. I'm really glad we're here now, and, uh, yeah, I'm glad you are, too. Glad you are, too. Liberty Snake Bear, Landy Lurch says, gotta love happy accidents. Liberty Snake Bear says it's not an accident if God wills it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Gamsbad says Interesting Times, which is a reference to a song I wrote about that, what we just spoke about. So shout out to you, knowing what's going on. Yeah, Shabba. Uh, Miguel says, How's the hyper-efficiency working? Would like some tips. That was one of the greatest decisions, decisions I ever made. It really was. And uh, yeah, it's going great. It's going great. We're going to do some refining this week going to do some refining. It needs more discipline. We need to add more discipline into our lives. It's really amazing. You add some discipline, and then that makes you really notice how much discipline is missing. It's a bit like if you've got a dirty house, and you clean like the door or a bit of the door, then you're like, holy shit, everything's filthy. Oh, then you've got to clean all that stuff. And you clean that stuff, and then you realize that there's another level of, of mess. So yeah, it's, an, it's, a, it's a beautiful unending process and I would say just get after it get on it get started get going just get going you know just uh, work out a plan work out say where do you want to, what do you want to do uh, how can you get there and uh, how can you make your life most optimized for getting there and get after it just get in there get in there we could do another show all about this because we did do one maybe about six months ago and we've learned a lot since then I believe I have I don't know about you I definitely have Definitely have. Uh, the Jocko single that's coming next week is called Discipline Equals Freedom. That's right. Of course it is. Of course it is. Of course it is. And the wonderful thing about making this music is, you know, I'll be like, I know this. And then you listen. You make, I sit there for days making this record and listening to these messages go around your head and interacting with them. And it's like, you have to really embody it. Otherwise, you can't do it. I couldn't make a record called Discipline Equals Freedom if I wasn't going to get serious about discipline. You know, so 
That's a beautiful thing. That's like a, a really good hack for me that maybe not everyone else could do because it's like not everyone is making Meaning Wave records. But I would say, you know, ch like choosing one of these things and choosing to embody it as a powerful thing is a good decision. And it's a good decision and it's like, uh, you're only cheating yourself if you cheat, right? If you're like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on the path. Yeah, man, I'm disciplined. I'm on the way of discipline, but you're not really. It's only you, you're cheating. It's only you, you're fucking up. It's only you that's getting fucked over, man. So make that decision. Don't fuck yourself, all right? Unfuck yourself. Go forward. Go forward. Yeah. Um, where's Teresa the Kid, says Mexican Jumping Bean. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Nick Kessinger says, clean up just one thing and everything else that's not like that just glows. Exactly, exactly. It's really true, man, and that seems to apply to everything. It seems to apply to everything. It's like uh, if you put some beauty into your life, you really notice. If you, like, say you make a decision to, uh, you know, unscrew yourself from, from uh, social media programming. You really notice when people are doing it. You really notice conversations where people are just repeating some shit they saw in a trending topic. You really notice all that stuff. It's like, wow, man, wow, wow. There's certain people that I, I interact with in my DJ life and there's certain people who are just really, really horrifically programmed by sort of Twitter and, and uh, the news. And it's really detrimental to their mental health. I've seen a couple of people since, uh, since 2016 just completely change from being basically happier, healthier people to being completely fucked, man, because of this diet of outrage and, and horror and upset that's been fed to them via these channels. And because I, I see them buying into it and repeating it. Certain people, I almost know what they're going to say when I see them based on like what was going on on, uh, you know, on, on hashtags that day. It's really, it's, it's really, it's really sad, man. It's really sad. Mexican Jumping Bean said, I noticed the community has grown just looking at how many viewers we have today. Ah, that's nice. That's a beautiful thing. The community really is growing, by the way. Uh, like, yeah, Spotify numbers is crazy. Uh, God knows how many people are on the Discord now, but it's a lot. Uh, just judging on the amount of comments I get and Instagram messages and stuff of that nature is, is, is a wonderful, wonderful thing. So, yeah, big up all you wave-riding bad motherfuckers out there. I'm proud of you. I'm glad you're here. Yes, I am. Uh, oh, I should probably answer some questions that uh, Sir Papa sent through, but can I? Has Evernote opened? All right, I'll have to turn around. Hang on. Excuse me while I turn around and observe this other machine. This other machine. Oh, yeah, any other? Lots of decisions, good decisions I made. But I would say, yeah, if, when you ask me that question, the stuff that pops to mind instantly, so that's probably the truth, is basically the uh, divorcing myself from programming and getting and uh, adopting a family. Those are the best decisions I made. Oh, hey, guess what else was the best decision I ever made? This came from some advice from James L. Toucher, who I read. He said something like, look at what's working and quadruple down. And that led to me going all in on Meaning Wave. And basically, you guys, us, this, best decision, amazing decision. I'm really, really glad I did. Really glad we're here. And everything I do every week, I do something to try and make this better and increase this experience. Like this week, I started Meaning Wave Radio, and you know, next week uh, the Jocko Records coming out, and so on and so forth. And every week I do a pretty major addition to this whole Meaning Wave universe. 
I take another sort of bold step forward and every step I take, I'm glad I took it. And every step becomes more powerful and infused with more weight. You know, it's like pushing this big snowball up a hill and it's just becoming a bigger and bigger and bigger snowball. And yeah, that was a great decision. I'm really glad I did it. I'm really glad we're all here together. I'm grateful to you guys. Big, big up. Um. Brian McHaney, what does it mean to pray? Yeah, here you go. Yeah, I've been telling people to pray this week on social media. I don't give a fuck if you believe in, uh, in God or any, whatever it is. Just, I've, I've found that since I've started praying again, my life has really got better. And, uh, you know, there's lots of reasons for this. But uh, what does it mean to pray if the thing you're praying to can't hear you? Isn't that just you talking to yourself? Well, what do you mean it can't hear you? And what if it is just talking to yourself? How is that just? If you're praying, you know, what if you, what if you are God? What if that's true? And what if you praying is kind of a way of rewiring your brain to communicate to your unconscious self what's really important and help you manifest that in the world and manifest that in your life? And what if, if we, when we all pray together, if all that's doing, all, is us uh, helping to rewire our subconscious to greater bring out that that we wish for in the world, surely that's a really smart thing to do. Surely that's the smartest thing you could think to do. Most, we know that most of what we do is subconscious. And as you go through life, you build up these habit loops and a great deal of what you do is done automatically without you even thinking. And this starts to apply to your decisions and all sorts of stuff, man. So if you can rewire, if prayer can help you to re, re, uh, recode your subconscious in a deliberate fashion, all right? So when you're praying, whatever it is you're praying for or about, usually I'm just being grateful. Usually I'm just saying, thank you for this, thank you for that, thank you for that. And in in becoming more consciously grateful that effect that reprograms my subconscious to act in a more grateful fashion and to act in a fashion where gratitude is a basis of some of the decisions so if like if you're awash with bitterness and resentment you're going to react to things in a different way and you're going to make different decisions and if you're acting if you're consciously grateful and and uh, happy and, and, and aware of the miracle in which you dwell in the miraculous situation in which you get to exist, you act automatically in a very different fashion. For that reason, just that reason, and there's a whole other bunch of stuff to do with it. Again, this could be a whole episode of a thing. You know, but just for that alone, I would say prayer is very, very useful. And you know what? I would like, therefore, to take this opportunity to, to lead us in a prayer. Welcome to the Church of Meaning, Wave Riders. My name is Akira the Don. I am the Pope of Dope. And uh, yeah, let's pray. All right, what should we pray? Well, yo, Shabba, uh, shouts out to the wave, our wave, who are in ocean. Hallowed be thy splash. Yo, basically, yo, thank you very much for this wonderful, wonderful miracle in which we all dwell. Today, I stepped outside of my house. A house, it had a roof on it. I was warm in there. It was dope. There was food in it. I had a wife. I had a kid. They were in there. They hadn't been injured. No one had tried to kill them. And I stepped outside and no one tried to kill me. So thank you for that miracle.
I'm well aware that throughout most of human history that would have not been the case. I wouldn't necessarily have had a, a house. I certainly wouldn't have had central heating. It wouldn't have had a shower. That's crazy, man. I wouldn't have had a fridge full of steaks. A fridge full of steaks. And, uh, you know, my family wouldn't have been, like, assumed to be well. They would have assumed to be ill in some fashion. So that's nice. Thank you very much. And, you know, I stepped out onto the street and nobody tried to kill me. Not once. Not once. And I traveled all across this miracle of a city and no one tried to kill me. And I came here. Here. And I... I, I got in a metal box and it flew me into the sky up 11 stories and, and I stepped into this incredible space and I made some, I pressed some buttons and things and then suddenly I was communicating with people all over the world, all over the world. I was communicating with people. Thank you. Thank you. And all I ask, all I ask today, Wayfather, is that more of us, as many of us as possible, may appreciate these blessings when we see them and give thanks for them and give thanks to the ancestors who went through so much brutal shit so that we could be here living in the lap of fucking luxury at the pinnacle of recorded human civilization a fucking man splash hey, hey, hey. yeah exactly uh, double bless says YouTube hero Alex and uh, yeah I second that emotion double bless and double bless you and double bless your family and uh yeah man this is this is a beautiful beautiful thing i don't take this lightly i don't take it for granted i'm amazed every week when i get to switch on this thing and talk to you guys we can hang out it's dope so yeah thank you and uh yeah enjoy meaning wave radio enjoy source wave radio enjoy the music that's coming out uh write to me let me know how you're feeling let me know if you need help with anything Join the Discord. People will help you. We will help each other. Join the Patreon. Uh, help the wave splash, splash further and harder. And, you know, be excellent to one another. And dream about a future, man. Dream about a future. Okay? I know it's hard. I know they're constantly hitting you with stuff. By the way, uh, January 16, you're going to start seeing a lot of anti-meat propaganda. All right? So just be aware and uh, don't believe it. <laughs> It, don't believe it, it's lies. They're gonna push it, and it's nonsense. You know, but don't worry, it's okay. We live in a miracle. It's a wonderful miracle. And uh, yeah, you know, just take advantage of that miracle to its fullest, man. Take advantage of the miracle. Take advantage of these miracles. This is a supercomputer. Act accordingly, you know? Uh, yeah, all right, I'm gonna get out of here. Um, I'm gonna be putting some more music on Meaning Wave Radio, and we're gonna be doing a special Meaning Wave Live later today, so look out for that, brothers and sisters. And uh, we'll be back here next week, same bat time, same don, same don time, same Don channel, same wave time, same wave channel. I've been Akira the Don, and uh, yeah, bless up! Sorry, now I've gotta find my off button. There it is!